On the last episode of Modern Manhood, we explored the way in which dominant masculinity plays out in the oil culture here in Alberta. How industry and governments shape how we view career and professions, and how the guise of capitalism hurts how we see multiple masculinities. If Modern Manhood has an overarching thesis, an argument that ties the threads of all of these issues and all of these episodes I've done is that the way in which men specifically perform dominant masculinity hurts all facets of a community. It hurts people of all genders, including themselves. It hurts established institutions, and it hurts an Albertan culture that says it wants to be inclusive and accepting, but fails to do so many times. The way Albertans reconcile with the oil industry is a major way in which Albertans see their own identity, and the people who work in the oil patches are also in the crossfires. And they have been for ages. The rates of suicides went up. The rates of negative mental health have also gone up. These are the untalked about consequences of the oil industry. Untalked about until recently. This is Modern Manhood. Modern Manhood is brought to you by Next Gen Men and the Alberta Podcast Network, powered by ATV. If you want to support Next Gen Men in redefining and undefining what it means to be a man, you can head over to nextgenmen.ca. Your contributions support the promotion of positive masculinities, healthy relationships, and gender equity among the next generation of men. Again, if you want to support us, head over to nextgenmen.ca. Yeah, of course, the performance of masculinity was something I thought about before starting to work on this documentary. I mean, it's just something that, um, yeah, yeah, as... This is Dylan Reese Howard. And along with Omar Moellam, both of them created a documentary named Digging in the Dirt, a documentary which stemmed from a larger story done by Omar about mental health in the oil patches, entitled Oil, Heartbreak, and Manhood, Behind the Mental Health Crisis of Alberta's Oil Workers. As a as a male person growing up in in Alberta, I think it's probably something that I was at odds with just the over the overarching cultural expectation of what a man is. You know, in Alberta, we have this kind of cowboy culture and uh, and oil and gas and and your worth as a as a male person is still tied to this uh, or is largely tied to this idea of being a provider and also your level of competence, Um, you know, get a trade. Um, right, that's what young men are, are kind of told. That's the most practical thing you can do uh, for yourself and for your family and for the provincial economy is is get a trade. Um, so if you yeah if you if you want to do something different than that, you're you're going to be sort of countercultural. And, and I think when I was younger, growing up in Alberta and going to art school, um, I felt uh, very much in conflict with um, with uh, other people uh, with with, with yeah, sort of the mainstream idea of what masculinity was in the place that I live. Um, but then uh, I, I think uh, since moving to Vancouver for film school and then coming back to Alberta and starting to make films, uh, I seem to have been, uh, I don't know, I don't know about obsessed, but maybe um, definitely very interested in um, what makes uh, Alberta the place that it is, uh, the way the landscape informs um the, the the way people live, and uh, and also instead of um, uh, you know in, instead of I guess living in a way uh, kind of at odds with this 
with the mainstream expectations of what mask of how masculinity is performed in Alberta, rather than being uh, yeah in conflict with it, which is which betrays a level of fear that I have surrounding it. Um, rather than, than allowing those stereotypes to kind of perpetuate by, by accepting them. Um, instead, yeah. I wanted to start, uh, I think, asking, asking more questions about them and, and, uh, and approaching it with a degree of empathy. The award-winning story follows the lives of Alberta oil patch workers and mental health problems that follow, working in such a labor-intensive and, for the most part, toxically masculine culture. The idea that if and when something dangerous happens, that you're expected to suck it up, or there's a time when you feel mentally unwell, that going to the hospital was for wimpy and sissy men. Dylan, raised in Alberta, is a filmmaker who has looked through the world of a downtrodden, laid-off worker before in his short film, Peak Oil. In this conversation, we'll talk a lot about oil culture, we'll talk a lot about Alberta, and of course, I wanted to talk about the documentary. But first, I wanted to hear about Peak Oil. I made a, I made a short film a few years ago called Peak Oil, and um, it was about um, an oil and gas worker, a pipe fitter, who had been laid off and sort of didn't really know what to do with himself. Um, so, so it made a lot of sense to me. Like I feel like I see these kinds of people walking around the streets of Edmonton, you know, in downtown especially, these kind of blue-collar guys who just seem really lost and seem in kind of a daze. Um, and I've really believed and understood, I guess, just in, in some ways my own experience, you know, not working in oil and gas, but just in other ways, you know, feeling purposeless if I don't have work to do that I believe in. So I, I, made, I, made, this, I made this film basically using this guy as, as kind of a, um, uh, what's the word? I mean, I, I, it, was, it, was about a, it was about a character who, was, who had worked in oil and gas, but it was really just me kind of exploring my own feelings of, of um, uh, I guess confusion around uh, purpose, and then also just uh, you know deter- deteriorating relationships and and uh, and that that kind of classic male desire to want to be mothered back to to a state of existential health. Um, when we, you know what I mean, like if you if yeah if you can't figure something out for yourself, you go to the women in your life and you, and and oh this person will take care of me. Um, and but at a certain point, you know maybe you've burned those bridges and you just have to face up to the fact that um, this yeah the, it's not acceptable anymore. You know this person doesn't want to take care of you and and you know you, they they shouldn't have to. Um, so so that's basically that's basically what the, the short film was about. It was a, it was a narrative. So it was a fiction film. I was just kind of going from the gut in a way. Um, but I was nervous about it because I had I had never worked up north. I didn't really know, um, so I just kind of avoided that. I didn't show this guy doing his job. I didn't I didn't portray anything to do with uh, what that kind of world would have been, like, what his work world would have been like. I just showed. I just started the film with him coming back into the city, which is all that I felt like I could really discuss. But that said, I was still nervous about uh, you know did I get this right? Um, and uh, so I but but that that fear went away right uh, as soon as I started showing the film to to other people in Alberta and and the way they reacted to it uh, oh I know this I have this person in my life or uh, you know this is my ex boyfriend or um, you know this is my brother or this is my friend um, I got those responses right away so um, that I guess that was that was um, yeah I guess that was re- rewarding in a, in, in a weird way and and. And then, yeah, in, in combination with reading Omar's article, I, I, I realized that, like, this is kind of the story um, that is, you know, not unique to Alberta, but certainly very prevalent in Alberta, that 
Um, yeah, that as as I guess storytellers and and people who are who are um, who are who are interested in people, um, uh, th- this is this is this is what's this is what I want to talk about about the place that I'm from, um, and uh, and so now yeah, being able to carry that through into this into this documentary and and hear real people's um, stories and 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 get a better sense of what this world has been like for people. Um, this world, I guess, of you know, trades and industry and traditional masculinity um, that's still quite pervasive in Alberta, um, and the ways that it's starting to uh, let people down, and how people are looking for something else. You know, this progression and how it's going to, I guess, affect uh, all aspects of our society. I just about said trickle down, but I didn't want to use that uh, terminology for obvious reasons. <laughs> uh, I'll leave a link for Pink Oil in the links. You have to watch it. It's 15 minutes long, and it's a fantastic, great little short story about uh, a person in loss and the community that hurts around them. And it's also about a person who just cannot handle their emotions. It's a sobering look. And Dylan wanted to show a specific, realistic way of this short story but done in a broader sense and bringing this article that Omar has written to life and shot in a specific realistic way as the documentary is it's it's done a good job that's exactly what we hope this documentary will contribute to as a as a is you know the the more images we see of men uh, in in media, I think especially you know not being afraid to openly talk about what's going on with them, um, the the more hopefully the pe- people appreciate that it's it's these are these are things that are okay to talk about. That's that's the number one goal for me in in making this documentary. This attitude leads to what the article mentions as quote consistently one of the highest suicide rates in the country. The mental health experts believed it's only worsened since the economic downturn in late 2014. The following year, suicides spiked 20% to a rate of 15.8 per 100,000. Alberta hasn't seen a rate like that in two decades, and mental health visits to the emergency department and call volumes at crisis centers also rose sharply." End quote. Now, there's an easy connection to be made with the rate of suicide to the economic downturn. This idea that men who believe in dominant masculinity believe in a mentality that men should have the right to be providers for the family. If men are not providers, then what good are they for? I mean, this idea is not exclusive to Alberta. In fact, it's a pretty worldwide phenomenon. And one that is instigated by the capitalist nature that the world lives in. But in Alberta, it's visible with the mostly men who work in the oil patches. Modern Manhood is in the middle of talking about energy here, so it's fitting that we're going to talk about Park Power. Because Park Power is an energy company that is in Alberta. And in Alberta, you get to choose who you buy your energy from. So if you choose Park Power, your money stays here. Plus, Park Power shares its profit with local not-for-profits that are working to make a difference for their communities. So shopping local is very important to Park Power's owner, 
Chris Kosowski, and we love local here at the Alberta Podcast Network. So it's an amazing fit. Modern Manhood is also brought to you by the Well Endowed Podcast by the Edmonton Community Foundation. And if you don't know what the Edmonton Community Foundation is, it helps create endowment funds. And so the podcast tells the story of how those endowments intersect with the community. In its sixth and final edition of their special series, It Takes a Community, produced by Hunter and Jacqueline Cardinal of Nahawin, in the series, Hunter sits down to chat with prominent Edmontonians to talk about the communities and people that have helped shape them along their journeys. In the last episode, we hear from author and speaker Dr. Patricia Mikoskis. And Dr. Mikoskis tells them about the connection to the land, the impact on colonization, and understanding treaty. You can subscribe to the Well Endowed Podcast at thewellendowedpodcast.com or wherever you find your favorite podcasts. Oh, absolutely. Uh, I think I have to give my co-director, Omar Mualama, a lot of credit on uh, in, in terms of bringing in, really making it a priority to include, uh, you know, Den- Dennis Shinsky, one of the characters in the documentary, his family uh, particularly. Um, and uh, I mean, we we always knew that we wanted to talk to um, psychologists and sociologists um, to provide cultural context uh, for for this issue. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm really I'm glad as well that uh, we made it a priority to to hear some of these to to hear from the the people who were affected um, by by the by the way that you know who were i guess affected kind of secondhand by by the way the industry tr- um uh has has historically treated um men men who work up there in the documentary you'll find a clip of a mom talking about her son's suicide for the first time it's heartbreaking it's raw and it shows the real human impact beyond the statistics or beyond the numbers uh, and and one of those stories, I mean, the uh, Ali Flown, who's the the mother of of this this person, Dallin, who committed uh, sorry, who who died by suicide, um, who we who we we talked to in the film. Uh, that was that was one of those documentary um, accidents where we, we when we went to Grand Prairie initially, we were going to talk to Dennis Shinsky, we were going to talk to Glenn Bielich, uh, but we didn't know that we were going to talk to Ali, um, and Ali hadn't really talked about her experience dealing with her son's death very much and very openly at all. Um, and it was just kind of through Dennis, um, you know, he reached out to her and, and, and said, you know, you know, do you want, do you want to be a part of this? Uh, and it just came together probably, uh, within a few hours, you know, and, and that interview was the most difficult interview I've ever, I've ever participated in, um, in whatever, making movies over the last 10 years. Um, but I think it was, cathartic for her and it continues to be cathartic for her um and uh and it provided you know um just a, a real a real level of of understanding for us and and hopefully our audience just a, the emotional toll of of where the the kind of alienation and 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 lonely uh, yeah yeah loneliness and lack of education i guess about um what other uh, types of uh, masculinity you might be able to perform, uh, like where that can, if that ultimately leads you to, to the point where you feel like you can't go on, how that ripples out and and and, uh, and affects other people. This issue happens though, that what Dylan mentions that the oil patches are a viable path for a long time for a man who is not educated, 
and for someone who is looking to gain a career quickly with a lot of pay. Again, this is the cloud of capitalism embedded in dominant masculinity. The pursuit of money is important for everyone to live a healthy life in this society, but what we have in this society is that we believe that the more that you make, the more important you are. And if that's the case, when anything tries to take that away from you, even something like climate change or plummeting oil prices, then you fight to keep that as long as you can. And to be honest, I can relate to that. I mean, I understand it. And Dylan does too. I don't know. I don't know if I feel more connected to the oil and gas community at, at this point. I feel like I know a lot more about it. Um, I feel like I'm not afraid of, uh, like I don't bristle at the mention of the the at, at just the, the mere mention of the city of Fort McMurray because um, I've I've been there and I, I've I've, uh, I've seen it and I'm. Um, I just, I, I, you know, I've, I've heard stories. I, I can, I can, I can just so clearly imagine a world uh, where I grew up in a small town in Alberta, and uh, you know, we heard stories of people saying that, you know, their their teachers in high school would tell would tell them that they don't need to finish high school, that they can just drop out and get a job at sixteen in the oil patch. I, I could just so clearly envision a world where you know that's that's me. You know, I'm from small town Alberta. I'm uh, whatever. I'm a I'm an, uh, I'm an athletic dude. Um, my teacher says it's okay if I drop out. I, get, I start working in oil and gas. Um, I start making over a hundred thousand dollars. I marry somebody who makes over a hundred thousand dollars. Are we buy a house in Fort McMurray or something? Our monthly bills, like we heard this one story of somebody, uh, a couple living in Fort McMurray, their monthly bills were ten grand a month because wow. because they're financing everything because they feel like this is just they don't know anything different. Like they just think this is a sustainable this is a sustainable industry, <laughs> you know, and this income is always going to be there. So yeah, you just you adopt this 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 lifestyle um, where you have all these vehicles and you have all these expectations and you want to go on these trips or whatever it is and yeah that like that's that's your life and now you're trapped in, in you're trapped in that and um mm-hmm. and i i could see i i could see why people feel such a sense of desperation about the idea of you know anything that might affect the amount of work for them um because i mean yeah the idea of going back to square one and having to completely reinvent yourself and reinvent what you're what your identity is is uh, I mean that's that's hard for anybody, um, so it's it's I I don't while I I don't um I don't feel closer to uh, necessarily the 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 industry I, I feel like I have just a a, a a much greater level of understanding for I guess the the narrative or like what <laughs> what um what leads people. Um, to put put themselves in in this position, um, and uh, and just a real belief that that uh, at the end of the day, if we can find other other work that's comparably um, lucrative, and I think hard, like it needs to be hard work. I think that's important for yeah. for a lot of these people. That's part of their identity. Um, sort of actually, you know, an aspect. Um, Sorry, I'm going all over the place here, but something that uh, something that I'm really curious about that we didn't really have time or space for in this documentary was uh, the degree to which the work being grueling and difficult and kind of dirty um, is 
uh, important to the the people who do it. Like whether there's an aspect of self-flagellation and self-punishment because of how uh, how ultimately how there's how much low self-esteem just uh, perpetu- perpetuates that into industry, especially with men. You know, like this is kind of because because we don't have a war for them to go fight and sacrifice in that way. Um, you know, this is kind of, it's, it's like subjugated warfare in a way. Like, this is the way to sacrifice my body in order to provide for my family and my society. Um, so I wonder if that's, like, I, I'm not saying that's a healthy thing. Like, maybe there's a way, maybe there's a future in which, you know, men are not so broken that they feel like this is the only way they can have value or worth, you know, by, by sacrificing their kind of young bodies on the altar of fucking industry <laughs> in Alberta, you know, because these... Because these these oil companies don't give these oil companies don't give a shit about you, you know. They don't give a shit about you, and they'll lay you off in a second. Uh, you know, like just because they got a tax break from the government doesn't mean there are going to be more jobs. It just you know because they got salaries that they can raise and, and 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 all this stuff. So I mean, yeah. So I'd like to believe that there's a future where you know men men have a higher level of self worth and feel like they. Yeah, they can be worth something other than just you know um, uh, like a, a muscular body to whatever like yeah f- feed the the fires of industry. And this is repeated from a CVC clip entitled "Working on Canada's Oil Rigs Up Close." Growing up in Edmonton, I mean, the rigs is where you went when you dropped out of high school, right? Or the rigs is where you went when you got a DUI and had to pay court fees. It's just kind of like a, the way people think of it. But uh, I wake up at 3.45 a.m. or p.m., depending on day shift, night shift. Um, spend a bit of time in the gym and go eat supper with the guys, come back, get changed, go to work. So uh, it's 12-hour shifts. You tired at the end of it? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, the guy puts in long days out here, right? So, I mean, you're, you're mentally tired and you're physically tired, but... It's something you get used to, right? I mean, there's not much of a social life out here. It's not like you're going to the movies, so... You know, it doesn't really bother a guy to go to bed at 9 p.m. And Dylan verbalizes a thought I had myself. When I, when I kind of, I think, participated in perpetuating the stereotypes about the, the, the kind of cowboy, cowboy culture in Alberta, or, or yeah, that, uh, that hyper-masculine culture of oil and gas, uh, you know, the rig-pig stereotypes... Um, you know, when I when I was experiencing contempt and hatred for these people, um, you know, largely when I was, I guess, growing up, what it really comes down to is, yeah, you, you're afraid. You're afraid of them because you know that if you were in a position where you were forced to work on a pipeline crew, you you just you you wouldn't make it. You wouldn't be able to. You wouldn't you wouldn't be you wouldn't have the kind of the you wouldn't have the whatever the level of kind of uh, competence to to know what to do. Even you know, like I I. I, yeah, um, that's that's a huge that's a huge part of it, and then also just, yeah, feeling like you'd never be able to fit in or find common ground with these people, and that you'd just be kind of uh, bullied and, and and left behind. But rather than having contempt, the only way to unpack that contempt and hatred is is through is through empathy and trying to understand wh- why why is that pipeline crew the way that it is? Why you know why do they perform? Uh, why do they police themselves in this way? Like, why is it so dependent on bullying? And how, where does that leave people? Do they really in, do they really want this? Why do they police themselves this way? Why is an oil worker in Alberta the epitome of the dominant masculinity stereotype? 
There's the idea of the fit in or fuck off mentality that we talked about in the first episode that is rooted not only in oil culture, but Alberta culture in general. There's this narrative that this job is an identity, it's a lifestyle, and it's a passion. But workers are still workers, and they deserve rights. And 12-hour shifts working seven days in and seven days out is tough for anybody. From the Star Metro article titled, The Oil Patch Offers a Big Payout, But for Workers Who Can Struggle With Addiction, It Can Come With a Cost. Quote, According to 2017 and 2018 labor force statistics from the provincial government, 140,300 of around 2.2 million people working in Alberta, or roughly 6.1%, were employed in mining and oil and natural gas, which includes exploration, production, refining, and distribution. When the province lumps in forestry and fishing with mining and oil gas, the statistics show that these workers earned more on average, $44 an hour, more than the $30 an hour on average that workers in all other industries earned. The stats also confirm that these workers spend more time on the job, 45.6 hours, on average every week with 27.4% logging overtime than other workers. End quote. It's scary to think about even working like this. But there's a stoicism, this weird domineering masculine stereotype that the tougher things are the more of a man you are for overcoming it and being an oil worker is a tough job unfortunately though if you live by the sword you die by the sword as well there's no coverage for when these men with these identities no longer have these jobs society and culture uh, in Alberta specifically is going to change over the next few, um, whatever, few decades. Uh, and even though sometimes, you know, like in the wake of, uh, you know, we're still kind of reeling from this last provincial election and the budget being announced this week. And, you know, for people who, who are of a more um, kind of left wing bent, it's really, it's really difficult to see that this is the, what people seem to still value in this province and how antiquated um, it looks compared to, um, you know, when you look at the way other people live in other parts of the world, um, but this is, uh, but with 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 that said, it's this this uh, this curiosity um, about what's going to happen, how the province is going to change, combined with a real love of um, the the people who live here. Uh, that's what keeps. I know that's what keeps people like Omar and myself here, and 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 keeps us wanting to tell stories about this place. As society is moving and changing, so is the view for Alberta. And we know the oil that we extract. It's going to be gone for good someday. Camp life in the rigs is still a lonely life with little to do, and a lot of times it causes for heavy drinking and drug abuse. Alcohol is a daily routine, and even after efforts of drug testing and creating a dry space for workers, it's not enough. From Omar's article, quote, as posh as a camp can be, it's still camp, and becomes old very quickly, says Sabdi. It can get pretty lonely, and they might default to coping means they normally wouldn't. And this was verified in a 2017 report from Alberta Health Services, in which they surveyed workers in the site and talked about their addiction use. Again, from the Star Metro article I mentioned before, quote, It showed 
Oil and gas workers drink more heavily on average than other Albertan workers, with 12% of respondents at medium or high risk of harmful alcohol use compared with an average of 5.9% across all other industries. It estimated 134,000 of Alberta's 2 million workers over the age of 15 were employed in oil and gas, which means that more than 16,000 could be abusing alcohol. End quote. Addiction, a tough working environment, and a macho identity all usually lead to trouble. We talked last episode about the effect it has on the community. Digging in the Dirt, the documentary, focuses on the issues of community around these workers and the workers themselves. This is poison for them, and everybody hurts. And it's interesting to note that the industry and the government can stem the tide, creating healthier work environments for these people. A job that not only encourages positive mental health, but one that lives and breathes that culture as well. So the question is, why don't they do that? You know, we have occupational health and safety committees. Um, we have all, the, all this attention being paid to physical safety. We need to apply some of that towards the, the mental side, some of that level of, some of that attention we need to apply to the mental side. That's what it comes down to. I mean, I feel like we're, fine. we're at a point now where uh, a construction work, it, it, it's not gonna, a construction worker is not going to be thought of as gay if he wants to get a massage. You know, like I feel like that's, you know, we're, 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 okay, we've, we've graduated to this level where it's acceptable to kind of take care of your body and understand that, yeah, working from like, whatever it is, you know, six to four every day, like hauling cement blocks around is going to take its toll on your body and it's okay to take care of it. Um, but, but, but then the next level that we're going to graduate to is appreciating that, um, yeah, people put them, people are going to continue to put themselves in risky and dangerous positions on that construction site or on that rig if they don't give a shit, if they live or die, you know? Um, so, so that's what, if you really want, that's the next level of, of occupational health and safety is making sure that people are waking up in the morning uh, feeling like they deserve to be here um, and feeling good about the work they're doing that's contributing to something. Culture shift starts from firstly recognizing the toxic behavior and finding the root causes. Yet we live in a province that gets defensive when talking about the oil economy. So I hope that Digging in the Dirt continues the healthy dialogue that we're having about the real cost of oil. The next thing I really want to do is an anthology film. Um, I have a couple different ideas. I like the idea... I've I've been thinking a lot about how traditional uh, narratives that focus on one protagonist are uh, inherently right-wing. In a way, like the traditional the traditional story structure of of uh, whether it's Hollywood movie making or independent movie making, usually you focus on one character's journey, right? The hero's journey, and uh, and it kind of goes, um, it kind of shows them ultimately succeeding um, over adver- you know, like triumphing over adversity, right? And then these narratives are very inspiring for us. We watch the movie, then we feel like we can accomplish anything. Um, and I, you know, I certainly like these these kinds of movies still, uh, but I feel like I'm interested in making something that's more a reflection of 
uh, like where your takeaway at the end of the movie is we live in a society. I live in a society. I'm surrounded by people with uh, an incredible diversity of experience. And that's amazing and beautiful. And I can't wait to get back to it. Um, so I feel like anthology films, like a 90 minute film where you see five different stories, kind of like a collection of short stories. You know, there are some, there's, there's a lot of examples of these. Um, but I really want to do something like that, uh, sort of about. Uh, yeah, I guess ab about Albertan society and trying to represent different, um, yeah, different pockets of of, uh, of the culture within Alberta. Um, you know, especially Alberta being a place that's that uh, I mean, because of how we vote, <laughs> we're we're maybe you know we're seen as being very homogenous um, by the rest of Canada and and uh, and for you know for those who care, you know, the rest of the world. Um, but uh, but obviously, there's a tremendous amount of of, uh, of cultural diversity and uh, w within Alberta, uh, and so I'm interested in how I can kind of represent that in a uh, in a in a narrative film um, or continue to represent it in, in documentary work in some way. But that's the next thing I really want to do is 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 write like an anthology film of like five stories, uh, and then maybe relating that to kind of a season like you know five different characters experiences of surviving the winter in alberta thank you so much to dylan reese howard for his time and the work on this great documentary you can support and check out all of dylan reese howard's work at dylan reese howard.com so that's d-y-l-a-n-r-h-y-s-h-o-w-a-r-d.com i'll put that link in the show notes and you can check out digging in the dirt in the cbc gem app and website Please support local artists and journalists like Dylan and Omar Mwellam to do the awesome things that they do. Join us next time as we continue this discussion about oil and men, talking about the men who have made a shift in their life outside of oil. All episodes of Modern Manhood are at modernmanhood.org or wherever you find your favorite episodes. If you want to help me out on the Patreon, you can go to patreon.com slash modernmanpod. My name is Herman Vijegas, and we'll see you next time. A Mar Manhood.